As the owner and founding father of TR Historical, Dave Boussier took what he learned in a previous long career in retail and combined it with what he loved, history, to create his own family-owned small business, a one-stop shop for people who love the past. The products TR Historical sells are aimed to help people express their enthusiasm for subjects just like fans of sports teams, brands, activities, or destinations typically do. TR Historical offers items from many different subjects and time periods worldwide. Ancient history, American Revolution, the World Wars, the Civil War, science, and art history. They typically only feature the deceased, allowing a place that is typically comfortable and safe for shoppers despite different politics of the day. Their hope is to make history fresh and more engaging while supporting fans of the subject. They support sites and opportunities, when available, that bring history to people in an engaging way. And right now, you can go to trhistorical.com and use the promo code TATTOO to get 10% off your order. That's T-A-T-T-O-O. Use that code at checkout to get 10% off. You'll be supporting a small business during these trying times and obtaining some new history swag for your home, closet, or office space. Go check out trhistorical.com today. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tattooed Historian Show. My name is John. I am the Tattooed Historian. And it's great to be back on here for another week talking about a subject that's really near and dear to my heart, which is branding as a historian, trying to start a brand, try to grow a brand, and doing it especially online, using the tools on social media and other platforms to make sure that you can make an impact on the field that you love, whether it's history or it's anthropology, archaeology, it can be any of those. And you can really make an impact now because, as I said in last week's episode, the internet, and especially social media, has leveled the playing field to where you can start to make an impact with your peer group, helping others out, being a part of a conversation you never thought you would be a part of. And I want to start focusing on this for this live uh, you know, podcast event, for another podcast, and on and on, because I really think giving you value is something that I wish to do more often. I don't like to pat myself on the back. I don't like to thump myself on the chest. I like to be able to give you value so that you can utilize it in your own way to be a part of the process, whatever that may be. So on today's episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about how I started the brand on Facebook uh, things that worked for me, things that didn't really work for me, and understanding that Facebook has changed a lot since I began back in 2015. Uh, and we're going to go over all of that. What I hope that you garnered from the last podcast was if you're thinking about branding, you're thinking about what you're going to call your brand or what you're going to be known as online. It's a very important thing. Now, you can go by your name and put your name and then dash historian or author or anthropologist. That's perfectly fine. 
if you want to go the route like I did and have some kind of a snappy uh, brand name to it, that tends to help a little bit more. People uh, like to have uh, merch later on from a brand, and it's a brand name. It's not a person's name. Uh, also, it seems less egotistical to some people. I've heard of many peers who uh, see naming it after yourself is kind of like you know you're thumping yourself on the chest or you're patting yourself on your back. However, uh, that all goes back to how you're perceived online. And uh, if you appear to be arrogant or egotistical, only in it for yourself, then it doesn't matter whether you use your name or you have a brand name. You're going to fail. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. Everyone can read through it. We know authenticity when we see it. And so when I started the brand back in 2015, I thought of a brand name. That way, originally, I could separate myself from it. Now, it's become kind of this own thing with me where I'll be, uh, you know, at a battlefield or walking down the street and someone will recognize my work uh, through me and call me the tattoo historian, which is fine with me. And, and it's really flattering, you know, to, to do that. And uh, I never expected that to happen. I never went into this thinking I'm going to be recognized on the street. But some people connect with the brand name more than the actual individual. And uh, so we should probably think about that moving forward. Perhaps you can come up with a brand uh, that is that personifies you as a person. It's who you are authentically. And if you don't wish to do that, go with your name and just ensure that you're not making it all about yourself. I think that's a really big key to the equation. However, going back to my story, back in 2015, I was working in a cubicle. I was working alongside the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers as a contractor. I was doing archival work. We had this huge uh, archival assessment project that we were doing, and I was sitting there wondering what's going to happen when this contract runs out? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And back in 2015, uh, as I've said time and time again, LinkedIn wasn't a very sexy site for going to and trying to find your next job. Uh, It just didn't have the reach. It didn't have uh, what we need nowadays to get seen. Uh, It was basically stagnant water, and I don't like that. And so I, I thought, well, everyone or many of the people I know are on Facebook. So why not start a page on Facebook to get the word out? Now, this was 2015, and this was before some of the, uh, you know, the ramifications of uh, politics were involved in Facebook. That was in its infancy. Uh, People weren't really questioning Facebook and uh, its algorithms and privacy and all that kind of stuff. Not like they are today. There were questions, but not like today where it's amplified so much. However, uh, I wouldn't bet against Facebook as far as that's concerned. It may be uncomfortable for some people, but it's here. It's huge. And I want to go over that in detail with you. I started to post basically what I was doing. It became almost like a resume, but it became something where I could tell a story about an artifact that we had located, a photo that we had found, a document that we had uh, identified. And it became a teaching tool for me to showcase history. I didn't want to get in that little group uh, of this day in history kind of stuff because there were tons of people doing that. There are websites you can go to to look all that stuff up. 
I didn't really want to become a this day in history historian. And I'm not knocking it for other people. It's just not who I am. I'd be going against who I am as a historian if I did that. And I wanted to be more involved with the archival work, uh, interpretation, education, and making it accessible for all of you. And maybe that's how you learned about me today or a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, five years ago. It was because I tried to make it friction-free for everybody. And uh, Facebook was free for everybody. You could go on there, you can download it, make your own account for free, and you could find my account uh, in a simple search. And then you get some free history in your feed. And this is the one thing that I do want to point out, though, if you're just starting out. I started out with zero followers, just like everybody else. Uh, you know, everyone's concentrating on, oh, I have to get 2,000 followers. Or, oh, I have to get 3,000. How did you get that many? How, how do I do this? It's patience. It's creation. It's documentation. And it's just posting over and over again. That's how you build. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in six months. It's going to take a little while. And I think now is a prime time to be doing it because many of us are still quarantining or we are not out in public doing our thing because there aren't any conferences right now other than online. Historical sites are closed. Museums are partially shut down. There's some extra time to be building something where when we do go back to work, you have a little side project or a side hustle, if you will. And Facebook can allow you to do that. Now, I've, I'm not being paid by any of these platforms or apps that I'm going to be telling you about over the weeks to come. I am just letting you know what has worked for me. And we're going to go over platform by platform. We're going to talk about demographics. We're going to talk about reach. We're going to talk about all this stuff. Let's think about reach real quickly. Reach is something that's very important. This is how many accounts your stuff comes up on. When people are scrolling along, how many accounts are seeing what you're doing? That's your reach. That's called organic reach. You didn't pay for people to see it. You didn't buy an ad for your business or your brand to be seen in more places. It's an organic thing. People just stumble upon it. People follow and it goes up in their feed, etc. Organic reach is the most beautiful thing. I want you to think of organic reach as almost like word of mouth marketing, where it's passed on from one person to another. They share out your content. They comment. Uh, they interact with. That's what this reach is. And that's, to me, the most important and the most authentic version of reach because you are not paying to get followers, and most of them will be bots anyway. They're not even going to be real, and we have to consider that going forward. But with Facebook, there's a lot of great organic reach and growth potential on the platform, even to this day. Uh, I had some 2019 numbers that I pulled up for you, and I want you to just to consider a few things when you're thinking about marketing yourself as a historian or whatever it is you do, you can market anything as far as your niche on Facebook. And I don't want you to count yourself out. Uh, Facebook has two and a half billion monthly users around the world. They're, they're just growing even to this day, even though they're getting negative publicity from time to time, 
Facebook is growing. And this is late 2019 numbers. So these numbers are roughly a year old, a year and a couple months. Uh, seven in 10 U.S. adults use Facebook, 70%. So when people are like, oh, you know, uh, my target audience isn't, isn't on there, 70% of Americans are on Facebook. Approximately 75% check Facebook every day of those users. So you are really cutting yourself off if you're not on Facebook. Uh, 71% is the actual number of U.S. adults on Facebook. That's only beaten by one other platform, and that is YouTube, 74%. So growth potential, understanding that you could have some great organic reach on Facebook to this day. And people are going to always complain about the algorithm. We're the algorithm. We're the people consuming it. We create the algorithm. This isn't some, uh, you know, phantom of the opera hanging out behind the curtain. This is what it is. Facebook's algorithm is what we drive going forward. Everyone who has a, you know, a, a brand or a page or whatever, and they're not doing so well, or, uh, you know, they're not hitting the numbers they thought they would. They always blame the algorithm. They don't look at themselves and say, what am I doing wrong? How am I creating my content or how am I not creating content? Because I can tell you from people who have, you know, complained to me about algorithm, probably 60, 70% of them aren't posting enough. And, uh, you know, that's a big thing. You need content creation. You need to document your journey and create that drive for people to come to your site. I've heard from some people too that young people don't like Facebook anymore. Young people are moving on. Uh, you know, they're going to TikTok and they're going to other places, which I totally see happening. It is it is moving in that direction relatively quickly. Um, the audience is shrinking for the youth, and I'm talking the 13 to 17 range here. Uh, however, you know, they're still reaching about 114 million teenagers alone just in the United States. Take into consideration Instagram, roughly 60 million. Uh, Snapchat, another 70 million. So they're still beating these places, these other entities, by 50 to almost 60 million people. So there's a lot of potential here. I don't want people to forget about. This is why I keep telling people, don't look at my brand if you're trying to build a brand. Don't look at it and see what I'm saying. Watch what I'm doing. Watch why I'm on Facebook a lot. Watch why I'm trying to shift to TikTok. Watch why I'm on Twitch. This is why I go check out the numbers. And even though these numbers are slightly over a year old, they're still pertinent to what we're trying to say today. Uh, most U.S. adults are between the ages of about 25 and 50 on Facebook. So if you want to reach graduate level students, you want to get those donations coming into your nonprofit, you want to talk to someone who's new in the history field, maybe they just took over an education slot, you want to interview them, I would say that's a really good fact to hold on to. Around 75% of Americans between 18 and 49 use Facebook. Three quarters of Americans between the ages of 18 and 49 so there is that shift. You're going to get 20 to 30 years out of this demographic. 
So don't count that out. Don't say this isn't going to work. Keep going. I check my Facebook page at least six to eight times a day. And I post on my Facebook page as often as possible. And I'm also posting on eight other apps during the day. So you're going to see me shifting all around the place. And as a 40-year-old male, I'm on Facebook quite a lot. Maybe your next donor is going to be on Facebook. Maybe a sponsor is going to be on there. And we're going to go over those sponsorship things here in a little bit and what you can do on Facebook. But don't count it out. Don't say it's not, you know, in my wheelhouse. Uh, I think that we need to reconsider uh, what is what is available for us as social media digital marketers, if you will, because when you start to do this, you're not only going to be a historian or whatever it is you do, you have to think about this from a digital marketing standpoint. This is when it starts to be like a business. And you're going to have to look at the numbers. Where's the demographic shift happening? Where's my organic reach the best? Because maybe I don't have the funding to have an ad buy uh, like me. I just don't do it. I do organic reach. And I think we need to start looking that way going forward. If you live in a rural area, maybe you're not in an urban environment, Facebook is still the most popular social network out there right now. There's so much going on in the rural areas as far as Facebook is concerned. You can't count that out. So if your museum is in a rural area, you work in a rural area, you need to reach a new audience, I would suggest thinking about doing that because that is going to help you boost your numbers and boost who you are as a brand. Let's think about this whole issue of how you're seen on Facebook. How do we get out there? I talked about organic reach. If you want to really understand how to get reach on Facebook, I want you to go up to your search bar on Facebook and I want you to type in history, if you're a historian, and then go to tags or hashtag history and start looking at who is tagging under that tag, under that hashtag, who is putting history on their Facebook pages and start to think about how you can interact with them. Go on there and search it and go to the top 50 and comment on them. And let them see your brand commenting on their stuff. And that's going to drive people to you because you're interacting with other people. Just to simply go on Facebook, start a page, and start posting is not good enough anymore. You need to have that interaction with others who are in your peer group. It's Think of it like, like on Twitter. There's constant interaction going on on Twitter with people in a certain peer group. We need to start thinking about that on Facebook as well. Go up there search history or your locale where you're going to be doing a you know a presentation or where you wish to do a presentation start looking all that up maybe you're going to find someone there who you're going to be able to network with going to be able to utilize in your peer group maybe they work at a museum that you enjoy going to or you're going to go to Start thinking of it that way. That search bar is so underutilized by brands. It is insane to me when people don't reach out to other gatekeepers of history or whatever field you work in. When people don't reach out to them and at least acknowledge their presence, how are they going to acknowledge your presence? Put it out there for them to see that 
in my case, oh, the tattoo historian just commented on something here. Wonder what his page is. And then they go over and they find out. It's that curiosity. Who's this person that just said something really cool in my my feed? Oh, I'm going to go check their stuff out. Become one with your peer group. Don't try to think about it as a competition. Think about it as working together to advance the narrative you wish to advance, to advance the niche that you wish to advance. That is so very important. And this leads to networking. Think of how easy it is to go somewhere on Facebook and private message a museum, private message a nonprofit. This is how I got my first sponsorship back in the day. I just went simply on this organization's Facebook page and I sent them a private message. I said, hey, I'm starting a podcast from scratch. This is how many followers I have. These are my numbers. This is what I forecast we're going to have as far as downloads. Would you like to have an ad buy on the front end of my podcast? Please let me know if you need more information. I will gladly speak with you on this uh, topic if you're interested. And a day later, they wrote me back. And they said, we never even have received the offer from anyone. And this was a nationally known nonprofit in the preservation world. And no one had ever reached out to them for an ad buy on a podcast, which is insane to me. But it's the way I went about doing it, which was different also. I knew if I sent an email that it might end up in the trash bin, you know, either by their own hand or unexpectedly. It could end up in a spam folder, never to be seen again. But if I get in the private messages and I say, hey, this is what I'm doing. I would love to help you out because I believe in what you're doing. Uh, Would you consider having an ad buy on my podcast? The person in charge of marketing or digital outreach with that organization is going to read every one of those private messages. Every one. And it happens time and time again. And as we go forward in the future, talking about other entities to work with, other social media platforms, other apps on your phone, this is going to get more relevant. This is going to get easier to think about. You know, uh, that is what's really, really important. So I want you to go up in that search bar on Facebook. You can do this even before you start your page. Go up in there and see what you can find in your peer group or in your area for people who are in your niche. Uh, There's someone who just does Muppet history. They would probably go on there and they would look up hashtag the Muppet Show or hashtag Muppet Show or hashtag Muppet, hashtag Kermit. Keep, see what I'm saying? You're going to keep putting all different kinds of things in. If you're a Civil War historian, you're going to put hashtag history in the search bar, hashtag Gettysburg, hashtag Vicksburg, hashtag Appomattox, and on and on and on. Don't just settle for one tag. This is how you invest in your marketing strategy. Don't invest money right away. Invest time. When you're sitting around at 9 p.m. at night and you don't have anything to do till midnight, except maybe watch TV or watch something, uh, you know, a football game, whatever it may be, this is your chance. You're looking at your phone anyway. Start doing some background research. And this is your research now. This is your marketing. Get on some of these other pages and say, wow, that's a great post. Thank you for sharing this. Boom. That's all you need. Move on to the next one. You don't have to give a long diatribe. You just have to thank them for doing what they do. And people are going to be like, huh, I wonder who this is. 
and they're going to start to click on other places. I've done it. People have commented on some of my things on Facebook, and I've just gone right to their page and been like, oh, I never, never knew this historical site had a Facebook page. I'm going to like and follow. And then that's how it starts to roll. Networking is so much easier now due to all these apps. The internet has changed the face of networking. It's not like it was in 1995 when we had to go to conferences all the time and hand out business cards and do all kinds of crazy stuff with that. Those days are, they're not over. Obviously, we're still gonna have in-person conferences, but that's not the only networking option we have anymore. You can network while you're sitting in your underwear on your couch. Just please don't video chat. That's all I ask. Okay? This is easy. This is simple. And you're you're looking at your phone anyway. So here's something else I want to bring across to you. And I want you to tuck this away for future reference when we're talking about other apps and platforms as well. Because if I don't tell you now, I'll probably forget it. But let's say you're sitting there and it's 9.30 at night, you're watching an NBA game, and you're just hanging out, okay? This is what I want you to consider. When that game, uh, whether it's whatever sport you're into, football, hockey, basketball, other people are watching it. Thousands of people are watching that game. Start posting between quarters or halves. That's the time that people are looking at their phone, right? That's the time you need to start posting. That's a unique thing to think about as far as a marketing standpoint. When you're looking at your phone, thousands of other people are looking at their phone as well. Because you're not watching the commercials anymore. You're checking what's going on on Twitter. You're checking what's going on on Facebook. So if you're checking it, thousands of others are, that's the time to be posting. And I really think we need to start thinking about marketing as historians in that way now. We are not the only ones doing that movement or that action at that time. Other people are. So why not take advantage of that time, that moment? Have your post all ready to go. You just have to hit publish. And that thing is up on there as soon as they call time out, as soon as they go to commercial halftime of the football game, between periods of the hockey game, post it. I was doing it during the political campaigns. I was actually, I had the, uh, you know, all this stuff going on with the debates. I had it on the TV. I had it on mute because I couldn't stand listening to it. But as soon as I saw something pop up on there, anything like a commercial at all, I would be posting online because people are on Twitter talking about the debate and oh there's the tattooed historian talking about something Facebook same thing Instagram same thing and we'll go over that in more detail later but let's think about that because our human interaction is so much easier now than it was 25 years ago because of apps like Facebook and others which I say we'll go over later think of your phone as the remote control of life that's where you go to learn about so much or to get your entertainment. So we need to start thinking about that as a marketing tool, not just something to text your friend, not just something to watch a show or a sporting event. Think of that as a marketing tool in your pocket. This is how you get your brand awareness out there. And Facebook allows you to do that in great numbers. 
more people look at Facebook on mobile than they do on PC. Bottom line. So your post needs to look good on mobile. I would post all the time on mobile. I usually do. I barely do postings on PC anymore because I like to see what it looks like on mobile. It just flows nicer. Facebook is still the most popular social network for low-income households. Uh, So you're going to reach a new demographic there. Maybe your next undergrad for your history department is going to come from this Facebook interaction. Maybe, you know, the next, you know, person, the next family which visits your museum is going to come from this interaction. Your next donor, your next sponsor, and the list goes on and on and on. There is no way that I would be doing what I'm doing and not having a Facebook page. Absolutely no way. Not only because it's where I started, but I'm staying there for a reason. It has staying power. The organic reach is still very good on Facebook. And I don't listen to the naysayers who say otherwise. They're usually, you know, upset about something else. I listen to the people who are trying to do really good things on there and create a positive atmosphere and they are winning they are winning time and time and time again when you're building your facebook page and you're thinking about what you want to do and how you want to get your niche across to other people more people spend time on facebook in the morning and in the evening so again watching that sports game at the end of the night Uh, watching the late night news that's the time people are looking at their phone as well getting up in the morning to figure out what happened overnight any news about friends and family overnight any news about the world overnight that's when it's really good to start posting you know between the hours of let's say 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. is fantastic between the hours of 7 p.m. and midnight awesome time to be posting and consuming all these posts from your peer group and supporting each other and pulling each other in and uh you know advertising not an ad buy but just advertising hey i just put my podcast up you're gonna want to check that out hey we got this event coming up next week and when you see my page you'll see i do a lot of event postings in the evenings So it pops up, hey, we're going to have a new live stream in a week. Here's the information. That usually pops up about 7 to 9 p.m. a lot of times. So I would be on there as soon as I woke up because I'm on there anyway, and I'd be posting. I'd be on there at night because I'm going to be on there anyway, and I'm posting. So you don't technically have to make time to post. You do have to make time to search out your peer group. And search out people who enjoy your niche, whatever it may be. Whether it's medieval history, whether it's anthropology, paleontology, it doesn't matter. Search all those hashtags and think of every hashtag you can to go in that search box. Think of where you're going to go for an event or a conference, when we can go back to conferences, or a museum. And plug that in. And think about ways to utilize that for networking opportunities. That is a huge factor in growth. And Facebook allows you to do that, along with many other apps that we're we're going to go over, because I think I'm on like 10 now, 
apps and platforms. So we're going to be going over a lot of them, the ones that work for me. The things that work for me also, and this is a big one, Americans love visuals. We just do. We want that thing to pop and just get our attention and be like, what is that? And then look for that small little blog in the bottom. You don't want to go on and on forever. Maybe two paragraphs and a link to something. That works out great. But you want to have that visual. You want to have a thing that people are scrolling through on that organic reach and just scrolling through their Facebook and all of a sudden here's a picture of an artifact or a picture from the past or a document. That makes people stop scrolling. You won't get as much reach and as much interaction with your followers or potential followers if you just use text. That doesn't work. You need to get people's attention and you need to do it quickly because people are scrolling quickly. And if they see text, they're going to keep right on moving. Put something up there to get people's attention to make them stop just for a second and read what you wrote and then move on. Our attention spans have dramatically dropped. Uh, you know, we want it quick, we want it now, we're moving on to the next thing. So how do you get people's attention quick and now? You put up a photo maybe they've never seen before, or a colorized version of an old black and white photo, whatever it may be to get someone's attention, that is huge. Huge. You need to do that. However you would get your attention, that's the way to go. And I really think we need to think about attention as your number one priority. You're going to go out there and search out what people are looking up. You're going to look up the latest hashtags on Facebook. And you can go online and Google it. Uh, you can just put in there uh, best hashtags 2021 and start looking it up. Most important hashtags now. Most used hashtags now. And start looking up what's working and formulate a plan off of those hashtags. Maybe you have, uh, maybe let's say as an example, uh, a hashtag that's hitting home right now is Washington, D.C. due to what's going on in the world. Post some kind of historical photo of Washington, D.C. and tag it. Hashtag Washington, D.C. Or D.C., District of Columbia, Beltway, that kind of stuff. Then you start to see that you're going to have growth potential here. It's not just posting blindly. It's thinking about what is hot right now. What is going on in the world? Think of yourself not only as a historian, but an attention seeker, a marketer. That's the way I want you to think. And you're not saying attention seeker for ego, or I'm not saying it for ego. I'm saying that's what you have to do. Your page has to get attention. And so where's the attention at? Let's consider that going forward and how we can utilize that to the best of our abilities. So, post something with a photo, short description, because people are scrolling like hell, so you want to you put that on there. I want you to look in that search bar constantly. I mean, I would devote eight hours a week. You're on there anyway. That's, that's four nights for two hours. That's eight hours. And I'd be in that search bar constantly. And I'd be looking up all the hashtags that are remotely involving my niche, whatever that may be. Think of all those. Write them all down. When you have a tablet near you in your workspace during the day and jot it down when you think of, oh, this could be a good hashtag to look up. I want to do that. Look up the most used hashtags online. 
plug them in your search bar. Use the hashtags from your local area to find people from your local area and to draw in people to local history. That could be a big one too. I really believe the search bar is so underutilized on Facebook by other historians who are trying to brand themselves. This could be a key to your growth. And go onto these other pages and put positive reinforcement on there. Hey, love this post, great photo, keep it up. That's it. Move on to the next one. And and start supporting them. I didn't know that fact. Thank you so much for sharing. On to the next one. And keep doing that. And you're going to see growth potential starting to really build. It's going to be awesome. And you're helping someone else out too because they're seeing that someone's paying attention for two minutes out of their evening. So everybody wins, right? They're seeking the attention for this post or this event that they're doing, this preservation project they're doing. You're giving them that attention. And at the same time, they're like, well, there's someone who appreciates it. I want to see what they're doing. So this whole circle of happiness starts to build up, right? Everyone's getting involved. And that's the beauty of it. Now, if you go on there and you say something negative, you're not going to get anything out of it. And I honestly believe, to my core, that anyone who goes on someone's page just to troll and say something stupid or put someone down, takes the time to read something or watch a video, and then takes the time to write something negative has a problem with themselves. They've been hurt, and they want that to go upon someone else. That person is hurting. Misery loves company. I pay no attention to the trolls. I keep right on going. And I think, for some of you, that may be the reason why you're having second thoughts about posting things, or even starting. You're worried about the judgment of others. Will there be people who judge you Absolutely. I still get the occasional message that says you're nothing but a Facebook historian, whatever that is. But those messages are coming from people who are afraid of what other people will think of them. They're insecure. That's just the way it is. They want to be taken seriously by, let's say, the history field, but then they put people who are trying down. And so they'll never get that as long as they have that attitude, right? They're burning bridges as they go. It's not the way to be. Positive reinforcement is the best way to be. doesn't mean you lie to people to make them feel better. It just means you thank them for posting something really cool. And if you think it's not worthy of that, then scroll on to the next one. You don't have to comment on everything. It's better to be thoughtful than open your mouth and remove all doubt right? So let's keep that in mind too, because when you go on Facebook or any other app and you look for the negative, you will find the negative. If you go on there looking for the positive, you will find the positive. You seek, you shall find. That's the way it is. And I've had to ban people from my page. I've had to, you know, ban people from my life, sadly. Because they didn't respect what I was trying to do, which was to bring history to new audiences. They thought it wasn't cool enough. They thought it wasn't a, quote, real job, 
even though I was matching their income, it still wasn't real because they didn't wish to try or they didn't dream to try. So to them, it was dismissiveness, which is something I absolutely hate. I don't want you to be dismissive of an opportunity just because it may be a little bit outside your comfort zone. I did a previous podcast on podcasting, so maybe you like voice better than you do video. That's something you could promote on Facebook. You just make a podcast uh, show site. That'd be fantastic. Interact with other podcasters. Search in the search box, hash, search box hashtag podcast, hashtag history podcast. And then you start to get the ball rolling. Do not be afraid to post. The haters will come and go. That's all there is to it. If you ignore them or ban them, they're gone. They're out of your way. And don't be afraid to ban haters and trolls. You'll clean it up for yourself, but also for those who are coming in the comment section. Because if you create a safe space for people to talk about history and the historical narrative in new and unique ways, that opens more doors for you. For every one person I've banned, I've probably gained 100 followers. So 1%. I'll take that percentage any day of the week. Always think about building your brand in new and awesome ways, but make it your brand. Make it yourself. Don't copy. Don't fake it till you make it because that never works. Don't put on a guise that's not you. You know, that's very, very important. People are going to understand when you're not being authentic. Be your authentic self and enjoy it. And you can enjoy it. I've enjoyed it for going on six years now. And as I said, I've had haters, I've had trolls, I've had people who dismiss me one year, and the next year they come and they ask for a live stream interview. So you can change the minds of people by doing good work and good deeds just on one platform that we've gone over today. So seriously consider it. I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm not going to tell you how to do what you want to do. I'm just giving you some information of what has worked for me, and I'm giving you some of the data that's within two years of today. And as I say, that could, that could fluctuate over time, but we're relatively the same as far as Facebook is concerned. So figure out what your niche is, figure out how you want to brand yourself, and go get that name on Facebook because if someone would have taken facebook.com slash the tattooed historian, you wouldn't know me as this. And I would have been out of luck. So go grab up that name. Go grab that brand name. Go name it after yourself. Whatever you wish, whatever is comfortable for you, go do it. Make the page. Assemble it so it looks like you, your personality, what you're trying to get across. Make a couple posts so people, you know, like a bio or whatever people can expect there. And then in the evenings when you're free or when, you know, if you're a third shift worker, you can do it in the morning or you can do it whenever. Get in that search bar. Start looking for peer groups. Start looking for local stuff. And you never know where that could lead you. So as we go forward with the podcast, I'm going to talk about live streaming. I'm going to talk about Twitch. I'm going to talk about 
Instagram. I'm going to talk about all this, how you can embrace these different apps and platforms to get your point across, to get your legacy project started, to get your podcast out there, to work on all this because I've been working on it for six years and I know what's worked for me. I know what hasn't worked for me and I want to pass that on to you. I think that's very important for me to do that I feel like I've accomplished something for someone else, that I have given someone else value. That means the world to me. It really, really does. Uh, you know, some people say that I'm a mentor and whatever else. I don't really go with a lot of the labels. I just want to help people out as best as I can. And the knowledge that I've received in the last six years uh, could help some people out. Maybe it's going to help you. I hope it does. If not, that's fine. I am here to help whoever wishes to understand how this technology can work to your advantage for what your niche is. And it could become a full-time thing. It could remain a side hustle, as we would say, a side project. What It could be whatever you wish it to be. We just need to put in the work. And one last thing. I want you to consider this for your content. Don't think of it as content creation because you're going to put a lot of pressure on yourself about lighting, sound, everything else. Oh, I need to create the perfect thing. No, you don't. You just need to document your journey. Document it. People will find it interesting. Believe me, people will find it interesting. You're not alone. So start posting. When you start a page up involving history, I want you to get in my private messages on the Tattoo Historian page, facebook.com slash the Tattoo Historian, and I want you to link me to it because I want to see it. I'm not going to look at it to put it down. I want to look at it and see what you're doing. Maybe it's a niche that I never thought of or that I haven't had experience with, and I'm going to check it out, but I would love to see that. And as we go into other apps, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. So my friends, I hope that you've gotten something out of today's podcast as far as Facebook is concerned, as far as marketing, we touched on that for a little bit, and as far as networking is concerned. It's so easy right now, and you're living in the best moment to do it. And I want you to be able to take advantage of that. So next week, we'll revisit something else. We'll talk about branding a different way. We'll talk about branding on a different platform. We're going to start going over this, and I'm going to intersperse my podcast with some of the traditional interviews. So you get a little bit of uh, brand awareness out of it, how to do what I do or, or a facet of what I do. And then you get to have the historical content as well. So we're going to be learning history as well as learning how to do history. That's my wheelhouse, and I hope you'll stick around for the next episode of the Tattoo Historian Show. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I can't wait to come back next week and talk to you again. It really means a lot to me. Please share the podcast out with any creators or potential creators you think would enjoy it, because maybe we can help someone you know, have some positivity in these trying times, because when you create and you document you can have a positive influence on yourself and those around you. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week.